Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Second Row Podcast. Don't forget you can get us on iTunes, SoundCloud and all other Android podcasting apps. This week we're previewing the Guinness Pro 14 quarterfinals. My name is Park Kelly and as always I'm joined by Ushin Collins. Hey, good to be here. And actually you can probably hear me this week in that I've finally got some actual sound equipment. This week I'll sound like I'm a million miles away. But next week, next week we'll be golden. Next week we'll be like season pros. Well, end of season pros. <laughs> How have we survived till now? This week has just been insane. Oh, it's been a rugby apocalypse in the news this week between TV deals and coaching changes and ridiculous multi-ball statistical playoff anomalies. It's It's been wild stuff. Here, look, we'll start off with the actual easier stuff, which are the, the TV deals. <laughs> yeah, so Premier Sports have done a deal in the UK, um, basically a tenner a month for every game in HD, which is pretty decent value slightly different case in ireland it's gone with air sport a couple of games leased onto tg car which obviously is free if you're on air broadband or some of their mobile plans but otherwise you're looking at 250 quid a year not cheap no not at all and what's this about the champions cup qualification um turns out that if leinster do win the champions cup and if all of the teams in the challenge cup semi-finals qualify for europe via their home leagues then Ulster get a get-out-of-jail-free card and they get a straight pass through to uh, Europe next year. What is the series of events for that to actually happen, though? In order for this to happen, you need Leinster to win the Champions Cup and then you need the four Challenge Cup semi-finalists, which is Cardiff, Newcastle, Gloucester and Poe, to qualify through their own leagues. So Cardiff and Newcastle are safe. Gloucester should be okay as long as they can get a bonus point against Saris this weekend. But Poe are in a bit of trouble. So they're in 8th place and every single game in the top 14 is kicking off at the same time. They need one of La Rochelle, Cast or Leon to drop points. All of whom are playing at home and they need to beat Toulon. So pretty much you're going to have every single Ulster fan watching French rugby for possibly the first time ever. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, every single Italian fan as well because Benetton get into the knockout and they would get a home uh, qualification match against the Ospreys if Ulster do get in by default. All right, see now, that's two reasons for me to want all those things to happen in France. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of Ulster fans, Andrew Trimble has uh, joined the exodus from Ulster. He's uh, retiring this year after you know 200 plus Ulster caps, 70 Irish caps and a Six Nations medal under his belt. Yeah, that's um, a huge loss for them. Like Tommy Bowles going as well. And they're losing Pietel over the summer. And from what is usually a position of strength for Ulster, they're now looking fairly light. Yeah, I mean, their back line is pretty severely depleted next year. So we'll have to see how that works out. There's been some wheeling and dealing of scrum halves in the Pro 14, though. Yeah, so Alad Davies is going to the Ospreys and Sam Hidalgo-Klein is coming down to Scarlets. So obviously involved, uh, likely to be involved this weekend for Edinburgh against Ulster, but we'll be lining up for the Welsh side next year. And Cockrell's kind of going to Glasgow. Just give us one. Yeah, can we please have a scrum half? <laughs> but uh, not not the biggest uh, change of club news this weekend. First on our big stories, Dan McFarland, new Ulster head coach next year. Yeah, that's coming from, well, according to Ulster, he starts January 19th. Which is madness. Oh, complete madness. But for me, that is a really good sign for Ulster. He coached with Connacht for, for a couple of seasons, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's a very good coach. Like, he's... One of those coaches that gets the respect of the players very quickly. Any pack he's dealt with has improved. Sure, look at Scotland. No one expected that performance from them last Six Nations. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that the pressure is on now to try and see if they can get him out of his Scotland deal any earlier than um, the middle of January. Yeah, I have this feeling that someone will happen to be um, available by the end of the summer tour. 
and he'll be in for pre-season. Yeah, and I mean, I think it'd be good for Ulster to try and settle down into pre-season and build. So uh, even if they don't have him in place, they want to make sure the rest of the coaching team is in place for the start of next year. Uh, if they're to have any chance at all in building something there. And Connacht, Aaron Limbo, again. Yeah, another summer and no kind of consistency, no idea who the coach is going to be. Um, the news being that Kieran Keane, or KK as you tend to call him, is is likely to be off. Yeah, I was like... I saw the tweet come out I was in shock I knew there's been a feeling of unease behind the scenes for what a better term but um, I was shocked that he wasn't given a second season well I think part of it was I, I know people are comparing his results to that of Pat Lambs in his first season but the Connacht team that he inherited is a, a significantly different proposition to the Connacht team that Pat Lamb inherited I mean they have a Pro 12 title in recent years they have a squad of up and coming players and he, you know, he didn't. He didn't make a lot of friends in his year in Connacht. There's a base minimum of what Connacht rugby now expected. That's Champions Cup rugby, pretty much season in, season out. Yeah, I think that's part of their strategic goals, isn't it? Yeah, there's a whole thing of grassroots to green shirts, growing players, growing the game across the provinces, like trying to get junior clubs into the AIL. Even that's all under the remit of the Connacht coach, under some degree. You know, going around the province, improving the game, getting more people playing. Yeah. Plus, it didn't help that he was such a grumpy bugger. No, like you kind of do think of one of his one of his biggest issues was he wasn't Pat Lamb. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know what that's going to do for Connacht Rugby as an organisation because they put all of their eggs in this basket. I mean, he was touted as the perfect fit for Connacht. And like Connacht has, in, in a number of different ways, has regressed last year. The stadium talk has gone off the boil. The, the fan base hasn't grown massively. And the results on the pitch just aren't stacking up. No, it's incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Like we've been in limbo now for two seasons, and you look forward to who might come in and replace, and it's just kind of there's no one that you kind of look at and go, "I'm excited about this prospect." To be perfectly honest. So, who are the likely replacements? Like, who's who's realistically in the frame? Like for me, possible replacements. Like you kind of have to look at Nigel Carlin and Jimmy Duffy as in-house promotion straight away, but. Jimmy Duffy had the team when Pat was on the way out and they didn't look great under him. And Carolyn's been in charge of the back line that, have, to be perfectly honest, have been faltering all season. Okay. Any kind of outside bets? I mean, I've heard there's, a, there's one of the Highlanders, uh, former high-performance coaches, John Preston, who is available at the moment. And other than that, you're going to, you know, the fantasy list like Ronan O'Gara, Bernard Jackman. You can always get Steve Tandy, I suppose. I thought you were going to say another name there. I was going to make you shut the hell up so quickly. <laughs> do you want me to do that name instead? No. His name is <laughs> not allowed to be spoken as a possible by this podcast. <laughs> we'll call him E.O. Sullivan. No, that's too obvious. <laughs> Eddie O.S. The guy who's up the road. Uh, yeah. A local coach for local people. He's near to Limerick these days with that motorway. True. There's been some pretty lazy speculation, but I think this is just going to continue to be media floodgates until such time as the Connacht guys identify their man. Yeah, I think until Connacht actually say anything, random name generator will be at full tilt. Absolutely. Well, that's enough speculation and news. Let's get into the rugby for the weekend. So we have some Pro 14 quarterfinals or semi-final qualifiers or playoff rounds or whatever we're calling the final series this year. And uh, Munster Edinburgh is first up on Saturday. You kind of have to think that Thoman will be packed out for this. Um, so I'm hoping so. Ticket sales, I haven't heard much about. But like this is a quarter final. This is the final of your season. You think Thoman would be full? Yeah, I, and I hope so. I mean, 
there's a there's a concern from my side though because right now as far as i can see edinburgh are the better coach team they're on better form uh, and they have nothing to lose cockerel is uh is making all the right noises to the press yeah like i'm really impressed with edinburgh this year they've effectively exceed expectations for this season already and yeah if Cockrell has the team going out to go like lads just give me a good 50 give me the first 50 minutes full tilt yeah well given how poor we've started in recent weeks then that that is absolutely the strategy because if they go out and manage to put some points on Munster early and build up a bit of a lead then you could see players at in key decision-making positions losing their head a bit like we have in the last couple of weeks and that's a real concern like we we've got three games left this year so other than players who were not who aren't eligible for selection so Duncan Williams is missing due to return to play protocols and John Ryan isn't back from the latest knock but you know other than that it's a pretty much a full squad barring the long-term injuries. Monster and Thormund. Monster should win you know like I, I'm, I hate to be that reductive about it you know but your form to date, especially in the last couple of weeks, especially the first 40 minutes of matches, would worry me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm expecting to see a full team from Munster. So kind of speculation. You'll see Simon Zebo probably play his last game in Thoman Park. Um, likely to be Keatley and Murray uh, at halfback. And then I'd be expecting Peter O'Mahony, CJ, uh, Jean Klein all, all playing in the pack. Probably David Kilcoyne. That's that's a team that should beat Edinburgh, you know. But like Edinburgh as well have a very settled team. Like these guys know each other inside and out. You know, Kinghorn, Fife, Bennett, WP Nell. I'd say will start. Bradbury is having a great season. Yeah, their back row is pretty settled. Uh, James Ritchie and John Hardy have been a bit interchangeable. As have Matt and Dupree. Um, Probably the only big change in the back line is that Christine is likely to be coming back in from injury. I think he played last week, but he hadn't played a number of games prior to that. And if anything, that'll strengthen them up. The other thing is, like, Edinburgh have nothing to lose, whereas Munster are under a huge amount of pressure here. Having already bombed out of the European Champions Cup, they can't afford to to drop out of the Pro 14 at this quarterfinal stage. Like, it, it would be a poor season by Munster's own standards to achieve that. I do think no matter what happens this season... There'll always be the asterisk on the season saying they change coaches halfway through. Yeah, I mean, and I get that, but at the same time, they they still need to finish with something with a bit more aplomb than than getting booted out in a, in a home quarter final, you know. Yeah. Now we'll move on to um the second quarterfinal slash semi final qualifier, um, Scarlets versus the Cheetahs, and to be perfectly honest, this should be a brilliant match. Well, it should be a fun match, like. I mean, both of these teams love playing attack in rugby. They've scored a ton of points this year. The Cheetahs more than 600 and the Scarlet's not far behind. So I'm wondering, are we going to see a kind of a, a real tight game because of the pressure or if they're just going to go out there and throw the ball around? If you're the Scarlet's, you tighten it up a small bit. You know, you stop Cheetahs from playing because it's the easiest way to beat them. You know, you kind of just bring it down, make it a bit more structured hit to the corners, keep them pinned back in their own territory and you give yourself the best chance against them. And and for that reason, I think they will have taken the lesson from the Leinster game and we'll see Reese Patchell back at fly half ahead of Dan Jones. I don't think they're going to go with that kind of looser, more free-flowing attack. I think Patchell will come in to control that game. As much as the more flary tens are nice, sometimes you just need someone to just control the game. And it also puts Halfpenny back into his preferred position of, uh, of fullback, which 
you know, you're actually going to be defending the right spaces then, which I think is important. I don't think cheaters will be kicking much though, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So it depends who comes out as 10 for, for the cheetahs. So last week we saw Johan Goosen in and he is like a top, top quality player. He's played Northern Hemisphere rugby and he knows what knockout games look like. And if it's him, I could actually see them playing a little bit more tactically and, and in a more in a more controlled fashion. But like with the pace they have at that back three, you kind of just want them to get the ball out there as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, you had Blumichies as your one to watch earlier in the season, and he's he's been a nailed-on starter for them all year. The guy is is unbelievably quick, and he's got a brilliant step as well. So then it's down to which of their preposterously fast wingers do they pick. And I mean, I think Max Wane is probably the best of them for me, so he'll probably be on one wing, and then it's just who else they pick to partner him. And like their pack are no slouches either by any means. No, your man Oxniche is a brilliant ball carrier at loose head, um, and he's not he's not a lump around the park either. Like he makes his tackles, and uh, Kasim, who's been playing number eight for them pretty much for the last seven or eight games in a row, like they're settled as well. There's not a huge amount of rotation in that team. No, like hopefully it's a game I get to see live because I'll be on a a stag over the weekend. So yeah, off to celebrate the single life that was for Mick Barrett. <laughs> We salute you, Michael. We salute you. <laughs> um, so, other than trying to keep an eye on him this weekend, Borg, who's your one to watch? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Zebo. I'm assuming he'll be picked. And after the impact he brought in against Racing, I think he needs to start. And I know he hasn't been playing his best rugby, but against a team like Edinburgh, he could be the difference if Munster starts slowly. And he just needs a big game, and I think knockout rugby is designed for him. Yeah, and I mean, the other side of it is this is his swan song at home. So you'd expect him to, to be pretty keyed up and hopefully he can channel that into a serious performance. Exactly. And um, for you, who do you, who are you looking at across the games? So my one to watch is um, is Rhys Patchell, but I guess probably both in isolation and in battle with Goosen, who I think is going to get picked for the Cheetahs. Um, Patchell has been unbelievable this season. Like he's probably pushed himself to the front of the of the picking list for Welsh 10s, given uh, their availability questions next season. And I just think that he, when he's played a 10 in particular, can really have an influence on a game. So it'll be interesting to see who out of the Scarlet's Cheetahs game comes out as, as really having stamped their authority on this one. No, definitely. Like, there are going to be two great games on Saturday and we'll be back on Sunday evening to recap them. Let us know what you think on facebook.com forward slash the second row or on Twitter where we're at the second row. That's 2ND, not the word second. So until Sunday, take care. Bye-bye.